know the Bible's full of the testimony of Christ and of God. You ever thought about this? The Bible doesn't say that God could have. Look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Father, this morning, bless the reading of thy word, the hearing of our ear, and help us, Lord, be what you would have us to be, in Jesus' name, and amen. If you have a special, uh, if you'll hold it till tonight, I'm sorry I cut you off. Genesis 1-1 says, in the beginning, God created not God might have created, not God could have created, not that it's thought that God perhaps created. It says that God created. So I, I was thinking about this this morning as was listening to some preaching and doing the few laps around the gym there by myself from time of meditation. And I thought the Bible, you know, we talk about the Bible is full of stories. And the Bible, uh, as we preached last Sunday, it is full of substance and evidence. And we look at that there. It's also full of facts. It's full of facts. You, you ever thought about this? They have the theory of evolution. It's a theory. It's what somebody thought might could have happened. My Bible doesn't have a theory. My Bible has a fact. In the beginning, God created. Therefore, it's not a theory, it is a fact that God created. Now, there are some who would say, well, let's, let's take this in question there. Now, now history says, and, and, I, and I've thought about a lot of different things, and I, I can't uh, tell you what actually happened, so, but, but we'll, we'll just look at history. And what, what was the year that Columbus sailed the ocean blue? Anybody remember? 1492. Anybody here old enough to been there when he done that? It's recorded in history that Columbus sailed the ocean blue in 1492. And he had three ships, the Mina, or no, that was the Pilgrim, the Mina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria. It's recorded in history. Everybody considers that a fact. It happened. But yet none of us that are here tonight or today were here then. And therefore, we don't know that it actually happened, do we? We just assumed it happened because why? Well, we're, we're here today and we're in the United States of America. Uh, we believe that his selling here and the things that followed then, we become to the point to where as we are here now and, and all this has taken place and transpired, that Columbus sailed the ocean blue. We believe the pilgrims come, established the three colonies. We do all of these things and we do all of this and believe all of this based upon this simple fact. History has it recorded that it happened. 
Well, my Bible history goes farther back than Columbus. I mean, we're looking at five, 6,000 years ago. And as we're looking at this, in the beginning, God created. That's a fact. How do you know it's a fact, Brother Ernie? I'm in a world that is great big and nobody just accidentally popped it into place. I've seen my children born. My Bible tells me that in the womb, God formed me. Now, I wasn't, I, I was, let me put it to you carefully here. I was not mentally there when I was born. I was physically there, and therefore the evidence today is that I was born, right? But I, I honestly, outside of a few pictures, and they don't have pictures of me when I was just, you know, young like they do today. They get all these fresh pictures while they're in the hospital and stuff, and you see these babies. They, don't, they didn't do that back in my day, but, but now we do. But, but I've also been there when my grandbabies was born, and they come out formed. They started unformed and came out formed. Just like when you put some clay on a potter's wheel, or Netta or Caleb will take a, a yarn, and they'll start with a string. It's just a string of yarn, and, and all of a sudden... After they've worked on it a little while, there's something there that you can see. It's taking form. It's a fact, not an opinion. It's not a theory. I, I like that evolutionists said the theory of evolution. Why? They could not prove it. But my Bible proves that God created the heaven and the earth. My Bible proves that God created you and I. When I stop to think about these things here, I, I'm glad to say this morning, the evidence, and I, and I go back to last week, the evidence and the substance of things is provable by the Scripture. And the more you dig into the Scripture, the more Scripture is provable. And I say this, the more you are proved by the Scripture. Because heaven and earth shall pass away, but the Bible says that not one jot nor tittle of God's Word will pass away. They're going to make a new heaven and a new earth. I don't know how God's going to do it, but God, God made this one. God made, God made all of it, and he's going to make a new one wherein dwelleth righteousness. And I'm going to tell you something, church. I want to live in a place where righteousness is because I'm sick and tired of living in a place where unrighteousness is. So I said this world is going down. But for those of us who put our faith and our trust in Christ Jesus, we will be going up. I'm not going to suffer the consequences of sin, not because I'm anything special, but because Jesus Christ died on Calvary's cross for me. He was buried in a borrowed tomb. He rose again the third day. He ascended unto the Father and now is sending there at the right hand of God making intercession for me and for you. And the Bible tells us clearly that he's coming back again. If he's coming back again according to the scripture, it's got to be true. Well, Brother Ernie, how do you know? My Bible started with a fact. My Bible ends with a fact. And everything in between the start and the finish is a fact. Some of it has happened. Some of it has not happened. Some of it's about to happen. Some of it's happening while we're talking right now. Remember the Bible says in the last days perilous times shall come. Are we living in perilous times? Happening. 
biblical text. The Bible says men shall wax worse and worse. Are they getting any better or are they getting worse? They're getting worse. If you don't believe me, look around, church. We're changing everything we can change because we don't like to live in that which is factual or stated or started. God established. And can I tell you something? You may mess up what God wanted happening in your life because God gives you a free choice, but you will not stop the consequences of that action coming because God will not be held up. It's a fact, an absolute, undeniable fact. Now, I didn't mean to go there this morning, but it ties right into where I'm going. Here's some facts of the end of life that we should be looking at as Christians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, we know the first part of it. We've read it a hundred times. We've preached on it several times. My brethren, but see, but of the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. We don't even need to be talking about it, he says, in some aspects. But then there's some things about it that we ought to remember. Look at what he says. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. I don't know when he's coming, but by the grace of God, my Bible has told me that he is coming. I, I don't know what it's going to be, whether I'll be asleep or I'll be awake. It doesn't really matter. At the time of day that he's coming, the fact of the matter still is that he is coming. The Bible tells us that there will be a trump of God. There will be a shout of the archangel. There's going to be a lot of things that take place. I'll just put it to you this way. You may be sleeping, but you will wake up. Just think about it this morning, church. You and I should not be on surprise that God would come back. The thing of it is, though, we seem to be surprised, as I was saying earlier, that God hears our prayers. And if God hears our prayers, that means God is real. If God is real, his word is real. If his word is real, he's coming back. But we got some time to do some things while we're here. Got some things we need to take care of. And I, I want to jump on down there further. Verse 16 says this. Rejoice evermore. Now, it's hard to rejoice in a world that's full of sin and people are doing things that we disagree with. And it's hard to be rejoiceful sometimes when I think about this. The Bible said that they should call good evil and evil good. It's, it's really hard to rejoice in those times. But then again, when you look at the Bible and you realize this, that while they're doing that, they're fulfilling the word of God, which means what? That the return of Christ is closer than what it was. So we ought to be rejoicing in our salvation. Are you saved this morning? If you're not, let me tell you, all you got to do is call on Jesus to save you. Ask him to save you. Why would you not want to be saved? Can I, can I honestly ask a question? Have you ever smelt burning flesh in a fire? I mean, I have. It's nasty. You ever burnt an old dead carcass in a fire? Somebody, you know, maybe you just burnt a, a, a possum or something like that. It, it stinks. Can you imagine the smell of burning flesh that never burns? 
in hell. You ever been burnt by grabbing a skillet that you shouldn't have grabbed? I mean, I, I can remember one day Ned had brought the cast iron skillet out of the stove and I don't know what possessed me. But I know this, for a moment in time, all my intelligence left me. Because I grabbed a hold of that, I was just going to move it from one place to the other. I grabbed that handle with my bare hand. I'm telling you, as fast as I grabbed it, I let go of it. But it burnt. Why would anybody want to go to hell? Well, you and I who are not going there ought to rejoice. And the fact that we're not, hey, every day ought to be a celebration. I'm not on my way to hell. And when I see God answer prayers, I ought to rejoice. And that God answered my prayers, it ought not be a surprise that God is doing something. It ought to be a time of rejoicing. Well, you'll rejoice more if you pray more. That next part says pray without ceasing. Why do we not rejoice? Because we don't pray. If we prayed, we would rejoice. And I'm going to tell you something else. If you rejoice in the prayers that are answered, you will pray more. Because why? You've got more to get answered. I mean, anybody done praying? I didn't say my last prayer today unless God takes me out before I can say another one. Pray without ceasing, church. If God is answering our prayers, we ought to be praying more prayers. If God is hearing us, we ought to be asking him to hear some more. It ought not be a surprise to us when God does something. It ought to be a rejoicing time that causes us to pray the more. How many of you have ever been on a diet? How many of you rejoice over one pound? You know when you're on one pound? It ain't working. What's the next one? <laughs> I'm telling you, church, this is where it gets down to the nitty-gritty on, on what it is to be a Christian. And remember, we're talking about facts. Facts. 
many are going to close your Bible right there? You know, a lot of Christian people, or supposed to be Christian people, they close their Bible right there. I'm not going to do that. I, no, no, some things just make me mad. I was talking to Sister Donna this morning. I was talking about being mean. She said, well, you're never, you're, you're not mean. I said, oh, sis. She goes, well, you're not mean to me. And I said, no, I wouldn't be mean to you. But I've been mean to my wife. We started off and said, see that none render evil for evil. Oh, but we love that eye for an eye and that tooth for a tooth. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now, if I'm in the will of God, and in the will of God, I've got to go through the valley of to give God praise. If I'm in the will of God and I'm going up the mountain, uh, to give God praise. If I'm in the will of God and I'm wading through a river uh, to give God praise. Hey, if I'm in the will of God and I wake up with a bad, you fill it in. Uh, to give God praise. Anybody ever woke up in a bad mood? How many of you ever woke up with a bad mood? Your spouse always woke up cheerful, ready to go, happy? No? No, I don't. In everything, give God thanks. You're here today, you ought to be thanking God that you were able to be here. There are folks who can't be who would love to be. By the way, I will say this, you ought to be here the more, not the less. Side note, if you eat like you go to church, it's no wonder you ain't physically fit. Think about it. Church ain't the only place you can serve God. Matter of fact, it shouldn't be the only place you do serve God. But the Bible tells us to get together. Exhort one another, comfort one another, strengthen one another. We think that means put food on the table and we get together. That's, that's getting together. Well, it is, but can I tell you, you grow more and help grow more by spiritually growing in church together. You comfort by being here. You make me smile. You make me stronger. You make me more excited. You say, well, Brother Ernie, is it all about you? Is everything about you? No, it's not all about me, but I'm telling you, the more you help me, the more I can help you. Quench not the spirit. You ever sit on your hands? testify, refuse to clap, refuse to smile, refuse to participate, be part of the service. 
You in it, but you ain't part of it. You're here, but you're not here. You're somewhere else. You're quenching the spirit. You won't let the spirit move in you. You won't let the spirit work in you. You're not going to be like they are. You've got better things to do. I'll tell you something. I've been working more times than I care to think about because I quenched the spirit of God and did not act, did not let God do the things that God wanted to do with me. Can I tell you when I knew that I still forgive. You may not think about it that way. But when you or I quench the spirit of God, we're stealing from somebody else because we're hindering the Spirit of God. And I, and I was saying this, you say, well, Brother Arnie, you can't. I'm going to tell you something. Your bad mood puts a bad mood on other people. Your lock tight puts a lock tight on other people. And we're not going to let God move, and we're not going to let God work, because after all, we don't, we, uh, hey, I showed up, I'm, I've done my part. No, you didn't do your part. You come to the house of God so God can do his part. And if you quench the spirit, you won't let God do his part. You ever thought about the scripture there? And, and, I'll, and I'll get it wrong, but, but let, her, let her know what I'm talking about. The, the Bible talks about, the, the, it's talking about the straight gate and the narrow way. And the Bible says that, that there are many that seek the straight gate, but they will not find it. Now think about that for a second there. They cannot, they, many shall be that enter not therein. There's there going to be a lot of folks who want to get there through the straight gate who can't go in the straight gate because they did not go the way of God. They went their own way and they thought they could get in. Think about it this way. At the wedding supper, there was a man that come in and he did not have the wedding garment on. And God told, Jesus told, he said, where did you come from? He said, he come from scripture there. I paraphrase a whole bunch of it. Because you quench the spirit. You're not going to let God work. You're not going to let God move. Can I tell you something? You're not going to pray. You're not going to rejoice. You're not going to give thanks. You know what happens when the spirit of God really begins to work in the people of God? Things said, uh, how are we going to pay for things? God said, I'll take care of that. People were praying, things happened. Church, we, we put a lot of money into the facilities. We paid some outrageous electric and heating bills and insurance bills. 
to the little congregation of people who love God. I'm not going to take that away from you. And give. But God has also had people outside these church walls send blessings to the church to help us take care of things financially. God has moved. And we get from that point there where we're not worried about how how's Mexico going to be paid. Then we get to this age where there's just too much building for us. We need to figure out how to downsize. I mean, it's a thought when you think about it. You're setting 30 people in a building that holds 250 people. You know, what do we need this much room anymore? And we got past that stage there to where now we're at the stage of, hey, I, I think we, you know, we can take care of it and, and people want to come, so we'll just keep the way it is for right now. But why not get to the stage of, man, I'm concerned. There's so many needy faces, and there's so many lost souls. If God hears my prayer, takes the headache away from my wife. If God hears my prayer and touches somebody's cancer. If God hears my prayer, protect somebody who's been in a wreck. If God hears my prayer and sends us some new folks to love the Lord. If God hears my prayer and touches somebody I don't even know. Why will God hear my prayer to fill the pews with some lost souls and get them saved? God will hear my prayer, church. We get concerned about that which we see more times than we are concerned about that which we do not see. And I'm telling you something this morning. If we will stop the quenching of the Spirit so that the Spirit can move when a lost person shows up, they will be convicted. I'm not saying they're going to give their life to the Lord, but they will be convicted of their sin and they will have to make a decision. I mean, I don't know. And let me tell you something. I, I missed, I said it last week, I wasn't there when they crossed the Red Sea. I wasn't there when he walked on the water. I wasn't there when he entered into the room with the doors being closed and then they're shutting the doors. I wasn't there when he ascended. But I'm telling you what, I know who's here now. I don't want to quench the spirit. Is not prophesying. I got no prophesies for you outside of what comes to the Word of God. Again, we ought not despise the fact that people tell us the Lord is coming back. But you know what? There's a lot of people who don't believe Jesus can come back right now. There's a lot of folks who don't believe they can die right now. You don't got to guarantee that you'll get out of the You know, the only promise God gives us is according to the scripture is he said, yea, God speaketh once, yea, twice, yet no man regardeth. God has guaranteed you and I the opportunity two times to hear the voice of God, to hear the word of God, to hear the will of God, to hear the 
this building this morning locked. You walk out of the building backslidden. You walk out of the building hearted. You, you walk out of here and, and you don't cross the street. Or you don't make it out the door. Or you don't make it out of your pew. God owes you nothing. God does not guarantee me a thing other than that he will speak once, yet twice. God done that for me. God gave me the ability to be saved. He, he, he promised that he would call me. And when I, I got to the age of the Chaldee, God started dealing with me a long time back, and I've wasted all those years and even wasted time since I've been saved doing my thing instead of God's thing. despise the word of God that's leading you in truth. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You know how many pastors would say that and they say, well, I, you know, what, I wasn't that bad. The Bible didn't say everybody was horrible. All have sinned. What has separated you from So it wasn't how bad you was or wasn't. It's the fact that you had sinned and I have sinned. And because of our sin, we are separated from God. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But, but listen to me. The hope is this. Jesus said, whosoever shall come unto me, I will in no wise cast out. Call upon me, he says, while I am near. Today is the day. And now is the time. Don't despise and reject the word of God. Don't, don't hold back from what's leading you to repent. Brother, embrace it, follow it, love it, and, and just acknowledge it. You know, some of the happiest people I know have gone through a whole lot more than some of us have. And yet the reason why they're so happy is because they never let go of God. They never let go of Jesus. been there all the time and they know it and they know it because they won't let go prove all things hold fast to that which is good abstain from all appearances of evil and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly and I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you stand this morning, church? Heavenly Father, today, Lord, we thank you so very much for your love, your mercy, and your grace. Thank you, dear God, for allowing us to be in your house. Lord, we pray this morning that you would just lead, guide, and direct our lives, anoint, and touch our hearts. Lord, you know the needs of each one that's here today. So, Father, we pray, work your will. And help us, Lord Jesus, we ask in Christ's holy name. Amen. Would you come this morning for worship?